Well, welcome to Chi Alpha, everyone. So glad you're here. Um, if we haven't had the privilege of meeting yet, my name is Meredith, and I'm just so glad that you all could make it tonight. Um, if this is your first time with us tonight, I would love to just extend a special welcome to you. We are so, so glad that you're here and are excited to get to know you better. So I know Ethan already asked you this, but how many people went to winter camp? Yeah? Wasn't that so much fun? Oh my gosh, I just, I loved it. I think, honestly, that was probably one of my favorite winter camps that I've ever been to. I just felt like the Lord moved so much, and I had so much fun with you guys, and so it was great. If you didn't get to go, um, don't worry, spring camp out yeah. is coming. Yeah. Only like, I don't know, where are we? February, March, April, like two months, two months will be your chance to go to that, so... Well, um, I felt like the Lord did so much this weekend, um, and I would encourage those of you who did go to continue processing what he did at winter camp, because I don't know about you, but for me, I tend to go, and it's almost like this retreat high of like, oh my gosh, God is doing so much, he's working so powerfully, I'm learning so many things, and then we come back, right? And we get back into the groove of normal life, of classes, and school, and work, and just like all the things it's really easy to forget what God did and not really apply it. So I want to encourage all of us not to do that. Instead, like, I love to go back through the, my notes and, like, jot down some thoughts of, like, this is something that really stood out to me and this is how I want to apply it. Or I'll talk to my mentor in my one-on-one. -on -one, um, I'll talk to my core group. So that way the things that I learn continue, uh, continue going in my brain and I can actually, like, apply those in my life. So can we do that going forward? Can we, like, a nod? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, practicing what I preach, um, one of my biggest takeaways from winter camp was genuinely just how much I love this community. As we were worshiping with everyone, I was reflecting on how deeply I have loved getting to know each and every one of you this year. You guys are really amazing people, and I hope that you know that. I love getting to serve alongside you guys. I love getting to learn and grow in Jesus together. It is one of the greatest privileges of my life to be part of this community, and I like truly mean that. And so tonight, I'm really excited because we actually get to hear from several people in this community. It's going to be awesome. Um, we're taking a week off from our series in First Peter to hear three testimonies from you guys about how Jesus has transformed your life. And I'm so excited to hear what they're going to say. For those of you who weren't there on Friday night of retreat, um, our speaker, Savo, shared his testimony about how he came to know Jesus. It was just an incredible story that gave so much glory to the Lord. And as he was talking, he said something that really stood out to me. He said that the story of our life points to the one who is writing the story. The story of our life points to the one who is writing the story. And he shared this great analogy about a painter and a painting. And he said that there's this, if there's an impressive portrait of someone, like a great work of art, people usually don't look at the work of art and think, who is it in that painting? They think, who painted this masterpiece? Who is this painter? It is not the subject who is made famous, it is the artist. And isn't that how it should be when we share our story as well? Ephesians 2.10 says that we are Christ's masterpiece. Did you know that you guys are Jesus' work of art? How cool is that? 
Our stories are important because they point, point people to Jesus. And to take it one step further, you might even say that when we decide to follow Jesus, we leave our story and join God's greater story for the world. And so tonight, as people share, will you please listen through that lens? Can we listen through that lens of being ready to, to give glory to God for what he has done in people's lives? Can we do that? Awesome. Well, I'm really excited um, to hear from everyone tonight, and so I'm going to go ahead and welcome up our first speaker, Abby Sandifer. <laughs> elementary ed so I'm sorry if I start like going into my teacher voice because usually my like audience is second graders and not college students um so anywho I'm gonna share my story with you guys so um growing up church was like a huge part of my life because right before I was born my parents planted a church in Tacoma with a group of their friends um and because of this we spent much of our time as a family um serving our church community and I got to learn so much about God both at church and at home. Every night before bed, we would read Bible stories and pray together. I'm going to be honest, sometimes I still pray with like the same like prompts my parents gave me because I'm just like so used to praying that way. Um, and I just loved learning about Jesus. And when I was nine, I decided that I wanted to get baptized and follow him. And so after like lots of conversations, because my parents wanted to make sure I was taking this seriously and not just being like, oh, this seems like what everyone else is doing. Um, I got baptized at my church, and it was, like, such an exciting and special day. And it was really cool because my dad was on staff at our church at the time, so he got to baptize me. So it was, like, super special moment. Um, but I think as most of us have learned, um, getting, like, having Jesus part of your life doesn't always mean that you're going to have, like, an easy life. Um, and my family, we just went through some, like, really difficult and heartbreaking things. And I just started to doubt God's goodness. Like, I was like, why would you let us go through this? Like, this is really hard. Um, and then also at that time, my church didn't really have a lot of people who wanted to devote their time um, to spending um, time with the middle schoolers and high schoolers. So I didn't really even have anyone who was trying to disciple me and remind me and teach me more about why God is good, even when it doesn't really seem like it. Um, and so I just, like, honestly was, like, not, like, having it for a little bit. <laughs> Um, and so um, around the time I started high school, my best friend invited me to go with her to her youth group at Hershey. Um, and this group of people, they were amazing. They, like, loved Jesus, and you could, like, see it. Like, they, like, um, were so devoted to him and committed to living um, their lives for him. Um, and they just, like, um, really, like, poured into my life, and they helped remind me of God's goodness. Um, and honestly, like, before coming to this youth group, I had never had women leaders who, like, wanted to spend time with me, even when they didn't have to. Um, and they just, like, really, like, poured into me and, like, helped remind me about God's love. And it was so awesome. Um, I had one leader, Emily, who would, like, go on walks with me and take time out of her schedule to come spend quality time with me. Um, which, if you guys know me, quality time is my love language. So I just, like, really appreciated that. Um, and, like, we're still friends today, and she still texts me and checks in with me. And it's, like, been five years since she's gone leader, and she still, like, goes, like, does those things. So that's really cool. 
once I got to college, um, I had a heart that was like truly in love with Jesus. I loved him so much, and I wanted to be able to share that love with others, but no one had really taught me how to, so I didn't know how to like be a disciple that made more disciples. I knew like about Jesus, how to have a relationship with him and talk to him, but I didn't really know how to like teach others how to do that. Um, and so I found Chi Alpha, or I guess they kind of found me on my like move-in day. <laughs> and I started going to Nancy and Haley's store, um, and Haley started mentoring me. She started teaching me more about what it meant to be a disciple that made more disciples. She set such an amazing example of what that looks like. And it was actually really cool to have a mentor who was introverted like me and to see her like still like taking that time and like, um, it kind of like blew away my excuse of like, if you're introverted, you can't do that. <laughs> um, and then this even like furthered my sophomore year when Amanda started mentoring me, which Amanda's awesome. I know some of you didn't get to meet her, but she's really cool. Um, and she was not afraid to call me out and like, sometimes there was some really tough love there, but also like, um, it was so good for me and she helped me learn like, my faith isn't just about me and what I'm comfortable with, but it's also about obeying Jesus and what he's commanded and asked of me, even if it's uncomfortable and it's kind of nerve-wracking like right now. Like, <laughs> But <laughs> um, yeah, and having these mentors who were like discipling me and also having this amazing friend who set that example for me of what it looks like to be a disciple, disciple others, like helped me like grow that desire to follow their lead um, and Jesus' command to go and make disciples. So now, instead of purely focusing on my own faith, I devote my time towards pouring into others and discipling the girls in my core and the other people that God has put into my life. Um, and through this, Lord has not, like, he's just, like, grown my desire to disciple others and share his love with the people around me. Thanks, Abby. All right, next up we have Tim. Hey guys, <laughs> that was pretty loud. Yeah. So as as Savo had said um, at winter camp, he said everyone has a story, right? And it's not just like the ones who have crazy stories. Um, it's it's the people. It's everyone. Everyone has a story, and the story is always pointing to what God has been doing in our lives. Um, and so for me, what that looks like is I I grew up in the church. Um, I went to church every Sunday. Went to youth group every Wednesday night, and it was pretty much just going through the motions for me. I didn't really believe much of it or any of it, um, although I would have claimed to be a Christian. I didn't really believe. Um, yeah, it was really like, like Savo had said it, he like knew about God, but he didn't know God, and that was, that was the exact same thing for me. Um, I knew a lot of the right, the correct answers, um, but I really wasn't living a Christ-centered life. And so I was basically middle school, high school, I was just heavily, heavily influenced by a lot of my friends around me at the time. So basically what that looked like is I was living 100% for myself and my own wants. And I was, I was not really having a real purpose in life. I was speaking poorly on others, swearing consistently, and pursuing as many girls as possible. That was basically what, what our, like the culture uh, at the time was was like moving me towards. 
I was also kind of a flirt. So. Um, but coming up to, to Chi Alpha, um, coming to college, and as, as Abby said, Chi Alpha people found me. Um, actually, it was a guy, so there's a guy who I played violin with when I was like four years old. And he came to Chi Alpha before me. Um, and he graduated by the time I'd, I'd come. And he told people to go find me. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, his mom and my mom are in a prayer group. But, yeah. Anyway, so there's, there's two guys, actually, who discipled me in Chi Alpha. Taylor and Ben. And they basically just consistently asked me about my relationship with the Lord. And they helped me understand what fully surrendering my life to him and living for him actually looked like. Um, so they would consistently ask me questions like, what, what is the Lord teaching you in your God times? And that turned into like me like, like uh, I don't really know, to like, oh yeah, like God is teaching me this. And I, I, I developed this, like, um, this level of like conviction in my life. Um, but yeah, this, this ultimately led to a development of, of my heart and um, a heart for, uh, for curiosity and, or a heart and curiosity for God's word. It led to, um, hold on, sorry, one second. <laughs> it, it led to the development of my heart for people, especially the lost. Uh, it d- also developed my heart for the nations. And guys, this, this took time. It wasn't instantaneous. Um, so if, if any of you are, are there, like, you're not quite there, I just say can, can continue seeking the Lord. And, I mean, I'm not still fully there, um, but God has truly changed me quite drastically. Um, and he promises us in James 4.8, it says that when we draw near to him, he draws near to us. So spending time with him makes us more like him. Um, and you, you can ask the rest of the staff what I was like my freshman year, but I was kind of a handful. <laughs> Listen to us. <laughs> But yeah, spending time with God, that's what makes us more like him. And that's what happened to me. Um, so then I went on to facilitating after a couple of years of being in Chi Alpha. And <laughs> yeah, I really needed that time before I was a facilitator to grow in my relationship with the Lord. Um, before, yeah, before I became a facilitator. Um, so again, wherever you guys are out, uh, I encourage you to continue investing in your relationship with the Lord. And keeping in mind that facilitating is not the end-all be-all. You can be an active disciple of Jesus without facilitating a core group. So let's let's not got, get caught up in these in these titles. Um, but anyways, I, I facilitated for the first time my junior year, and I just I loved it, absolutely loved it. Um, but I was still set on my dream of becoming a famous musician. I was a music major. Um, I play trumpet. Easy to do, like Sierra. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, and so I was, I was still set on my dream of becoming a famous musician. Um, and so in my one-on-ones with Taylor, he, like, he just asked me about my thoughts on, on the internship. And I really was not interested at all. Um, but he asked me to pray about it, and so I did. Um, have, have you guys ever prayed, like, a prayer that's like, God, tell me exactly what I'm going to do in the future? Anyone? Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. Listen to this quote. God doesn't give specific calls unless his people follow his general commands. I'm going to say that again. Who's written it down? Anyone? Okay. God doesn't give specific calls unless his people follow his general commands. 
you've been in Chi Alpha for even a little bit, you've probably heard the Great Commission. And it's where Jesus says in Matthew 28, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Um, and so when, yeah, and so one of, one of Jesus' general commands is clearly to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples, and so on and so, so, on and so forth. And so what I, what I realized is that this command is actually just, it's, it's going to be a thing after college, right? <laughs> it's going to be a thing. Um, and so I started thinking about how I would disciple people in the future, specifically while in the music field. Um, and I had, I had to, like, recheck my motivations on basically everything. Um, because for so long, I wanted this, I had this dream of being a, a, a musician. And so the question that I was asking myself was, was I wanting to be in the music field to disciple people for the glory of God? Or was I wanting it to make me famous? And over the course of that first year of uh, facilitating, the Lord, like, he really showed me my heart. And he, yeah, I, I saw my passions shift. Um, I, they shifted from, from music. I, I, I stopped, I, I didn't stop caring, but um, I cared a lot less about my music classes. And I started, like, just pouring into my, my guys, my uh, guys that I was discipling at the time. And I started practicing a lot less than I should have been. And uh, I started reading my Bible way more. And I got to a place that all I wanted to do was really serve the Lord with my life. Um, think back to high school, Tim. How in the world did you get to that place? Um, well, I'll tell you, it was Jesus. It's pretty simple. Um, yeah, in the story of the prodigal son, uh, it says that the father saw the son from a long way off and he had compassion on him and ran to him. Isn't that how God sees us? While we might be a long way off, he has compassion on us and is consistently pursuing us. So fast forward, I graduate, um, and I decided to do the internship, uh, and this was a year of immense growth. Um, we read over 3,000 pages fall quarter alone, and then 2,500 pages each quarter after that. Um, readers are leaders. Yeah, yeah, and I was I was pushed to the bounds of my uncomfortability. Did you guys know that growing and being uncomfortable kind of go hand in hand? Yeah. Anyway, I did the internship, and uh, I wasn't quite sure where the Lord was leading, but I d what I did know was that I was growing a ton in this community, um, but I also wanted to go around the world. Um, but I, I also knew I wasn't ready, quite ready for that. So I decided to stay and, and ferment in this environment. So it's kind of an unusual word to use here, but fermentation, um, this is like, what I mean by that is, it's being in a healthy community for enough time to recreate healthy community wherever you go. And so that's, that's what I'm trying to do right now, is be able to create healthy, Jesus-centered community wherever I go. Um, and that leads me up to this point right now. This is my first year on staff, and I have five years to go. Well, four years to go. Um, and Shane and I are st we're, you know, we're still figuring out what the Lord has for us in the future. Um, but what I, what I do know is that this is an amazing community to grow into a healthy individual. And not only that, but like this community is making a huge mark on this campus for Jesus. So I'm still praying for the Lord to guide me, and I'm, I'm trying to draw closer to him daily. 
And so this is my challenge to you guys. Follow Jesus' general commands. See what happens. And on top of that, draw close to Jesus because he will draw close to you. Thank you so much, Tim. Um, all right, we're going to welcome up Haley. Hello. It's kind of weird being on this side of things. First off, I just wanted to say thanks to Tim and Abby for having the boldness to share their testimony. Like we learned at winter camp, it's a really powerful thing when we share God's work in our lives with the people around us. So thank you both. So hello, everyone. My name is Haley, like Meredith said. And for those of you who don't know me, I'm majoring in secondary English education with a minor in special education. I moved to Ellensburg from the west side almost four years ago and have absolutely loved the time that I've spent here. And it's absolutely crazy to me that I'm up here sharing my testimony with you all tonight. So a little bit about me. I played very competitive softball growing up. For the anyone who else that played a club sport growing up, you know that the sport basically consumes you. Back then, my entire life revolved around my grades and my athletic performance. I did not grow up in the church, and the little Christian background that I had was in a Catholic church, but it was primarily Christmas and maybe Easter on a good year. My identity was found in academics and sports, leading to a vicious cycle of perfectionism, unrealistic standards, and burnout. To no surprise, toward the middle of high school, my mental health began to plummet. But I thought I had no right to struggle as much as I did because someone else must have it worse, right? I invalidated everything I felt, and some days I could barely get out of bed opting to sit in my room in the dark all day. I would have meltdowns if I got anything less than an A on an assignment because I was a complete slave to my grades. Eventually, I began self-harming and obsessing over my body image to try and cope. It was a very dark time in my life, and I vividly remember the conversation that my mom had with me saying that she really thought I needed professional help. I was in counseling for about a year and a half toward the end of high school for depression and anxiety. I promise it gets better. Fast forward to college, I moved to Ellensburg in the fall of 2018. Back at the summer orientation, I had put my name down on a contact sheet for Chi Alpha Tabling and promptly forgot I put my name down right after. I got a call from one of my first facilitators inviting me to a block party, which we now call the Chocolate Feed. When you have nothing, you want something. So I decided to check it out. That facilitator, her name was Anna, stayed with me, a little baby freshman, at the block party the whole night, and it made a world of a difference. I really don't know if I'd be here today if she hadn't. I began getting more involved in Chi Alpha, going to Tuesday nights, core, and one-on-ones. And in all honesty, I did not like Chi Alpha at first because it was vastly different from the conceptions that I had of what I thought church should be. You guys, I literally called my mom after the first Chi Alpha and said, Mom, I don't like you here. I'm still here, though, so we're good. <laughs> so I kept coming, and I began getting close to my first mentor, Amia. She and I met for one-on-ones for two years, and she's had one of the biggest impacts on my life, and even today continues to be one of my best friends. 
One thing I can tell you about the way Amia discipled me is that it would not have worked if she, sh- if she hadn't shared her whole life with me. In the two years we spent in college together, we did all the Chi Alpha things together. But we also had late night hangouts, grocery store runs, sleepovers, and experienced the initial panic of COVID together. While all these things are fun, they did serve a much greater purpose. It was in these times that I was able to develop a friendship in which I could open up about the hard things in my life. Vulnerability was something I've always struggled with, but it was different knowing I was sharing parts of myself with someone who loves me like Jesus loves me. I was safe enough to ask all the hard theological questions I was too scared to ask in group settings. As a side note, if you relate to that, just ask a question that's not dumb. It was only through the authentic sharing of life and the intentional act of joining a community to living out God's word that I was able to see the true character of Jesus. I committed my life to him my freshman year of college and have experienced his goodness every day since. I look back at where I've come from astounded and amazed at the new creation the Lord has made me into. Coming into college, I thought there wasn't much else to look forward to in life. Little did I know, my life would drastically change for the better. Now, I can genuinely say I've been clean from self-harming for years, and I don't obsess over my body or how much I eat. Instead, I'm overwhelmed with the love and acceptance from a community of people who love me enough to push me closer to Jesus. Over the last couple of years, the Lord has changed my heart and made me want to teach in a new way as I consider full-time ministry after I graduate. That's an idea I literally would have laughed at four years ago. I hope to spend the rest of my life helping others to know the true personhood of Jesus Christ, and I pray that what I shared with you all today spurs you on to do the same. Thank you, Haley. Can we just give a round of applause for these guys and for what the Lord has done? Thank you guys so much for sharing. It's just so powerful to hear people's stories and to hear how the Lord has worked in people's lives. So as we close tonight, um, I have something that I want to highlight for you guys. Did you notice how each person who shared is where they are today because someone else was willing to invest in them and teach them how to follow Jesus? You guys notice that? In Abby's story, she said that her parents read the Bible to her every single night before bed. That's amazing. Let's be parents like that. They gave her the desire to know Jesus even as a little kid. Then as she grew up and got older and was in a youth group in Chi Alpha, these mentors like Emily and Haley and Nancy and Amanda and others like kept pouring into her and like going on walks with her and spending extravagant time with her. It changed her life. Tim said that his life changed when he started meeting one-on-one with Ben and Taylor. These guys poured into him. They taught him to study the Bible. They asked him questions. They listened to his concerns. They were his friends. Haley said that her core leader, Amia, invited her into her life, right? They went grocery shopping, she said. They had sleepovers. They had game nights. Amia invited Haley into her friend group. Amia shared with shared her life with Haley, and because Amia's life looked a lot like Jesus, Haley got to know him too. And I'd be willing to bet that you all are sitting here right now because someone was in willing to invest in you as well. 
right? Whether it was a parent, a friend, um, a coworker, a core leader, I don't know who, but someone at some point was like, guys, I know, I know Jesus and I need you to know him too. I want to teach you how to follow him. So what I want to highlight for us tonight is that God is calling us to be part of something bigger than ourselves. Okay, he's calling us to be part of something bigger than ourselves. What would have happened if Abby's parents hadn't cared if their kids knew Jesus? What would have happened if her mentors in high school and in college said, you know what, I'm too busy with work, too busy with school, too busy with responsibilities. I, I don't have time to hang out with you. I don't have time to mentor you. How would her life look different right now? Or what would have happened if Taylor had prioritized his music degree over meeting with Tim? Tim Taylor was an amazing musician in college, and he could very well have said, you know what, I need to go to extra rehearsals, I need to go to um, extra practices, I don't have time to do one-on-ones with Tim. How would have Tim's life looked different? Or what if Amia had said, you know what, my friend group is pretty big already. <laughs> I know a lot of people. Sorry, Haley, like, don't have time to hang out with you. How would have Haley's life looked different? Their lives would have looked a lot different, and this group would have looked a lot different as well. How many of us wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for these three people? How many of your core members would be missing if it wasn't for these three people? Who wouldn't be sitting next to you right now? Would you be here if it wasn't for them? We'd look pretty different. So God calls us to be part of something bigger than ourselves. Matthew 28, 18 to 20, which Tim quoted earlier, says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So guys, we are called to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And we are all here today because someone took the time to disciple you and someone before that took the time to disciple them and someone before that took the time to disciple them. And we could probably keep going all the way back to Jesus and the original disciples. So tonight I want to ask us, how is God asking you to be what? to be part of what he is doing here at Central? How is God asking you to be part of what he is doing here at Central? Years from now, who is going to be sitting in your seat because you took the time to disciple somebody? Did you guys know that Kyle has been around for 41 years because students just like you guys said yes to the call to make disciples? You have such an opportunity to impact this campus and this world right now. And there is no such thing as a Christian who sits on the sidelines. There's no such thing as a half-in follower of Jesus. That just doesn't exist. Jesus calls us to die to ourselves and to serve him. And right now, specifically for this ministry, for the people in this room right here, I think Jesus is calling us to jump all in. 
I believe so much in this group of people here tonight. When I said I love being part of this community, I like mean that. I believe in you guys and in what God is going to do through you. I believe that we have the ability to have an eternal impact on our world. Starting right here in this room tonight. So tonight, as we close, I want to challenge us to ask, God, how are you calling me to be part of what you're doing here at Central? Because he's already at work here, you guys. He is already working. And we just have to join what he is doing. And so maybe for you tonight, that is learning to share your story. Maybe you're like, wow, that was so cool to hear these people's stories. It was so cool to hear Tim and Haley and Abby share. Like, you guys have a story, too. The Lord has worked in your life as well. And so maybe God's calling you tonight to open up about that story. You know, maybe for you it's been hard to share your story um, with your family or with people who don't know Jesus. Maybe you're more shy about that. But what could God do if you said, yeah, I want to share what God has done in my life? Like, what doors could that open? Or maybe he wants you to intentionally befriend a person who you sit next to in class. Maybe he wants you to befriend someone for Jesus. In discipleship class, we've been talking about how uh, making friends is the basis of discipleship. Right? We get to intentionally make friends for Jesus. It's a great place to start. Or maybe he wants you to start doing one-on-ones and intentionally discipling someone in your life, like your coworker or your classmates or a friend. Do you know that it's not just facilitators who get to do one-on-ones? Like, all of you guys can do that. You just have to grab someone and say, hey, do you want to study the Bible with me? Let's, we, let's meet once a week and read it together. That's all a one-on-one is. You guys can do that. Or tonight, maybe he wants you to trust him with your time. Because I think when we say yes to these other things, if we say yes to intentionally making friends for Jesus or to doing one-on-ones or whatever he's calling you to do, like, that's hard for some of us, right? Because those things have an impact on our time. You know, how are we going to get our school and work and stuff done? I think the Lord is calling you to trust him with that. Or maybe he wants you to pray about facilitating next year or doing the internship or giving a year overseas or even being a lifetime missionary. Or maybe those are things that he's already been prompting you to think about for a long time now. And tonight is the night that he just says, hey, why don't you commit to doing those things? You know I've been poking you about this for a long time. Why not just commit and say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to obey you. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you have given your life to following the Lord, we are called to make disciples one way or another. I want us to imagine tonight, what could God do if all of us in this room said yes to that? Imagine the impact we can have on this campus and our families and the world. Like, we could change the world, you guys. Who could be sitting in your seat 10 years from now because you said yes to discipling someone who discipled someone who discipled them? I'm going to go ahead and invite the worship team to come up. And tonight, as we go into worship, I want you guys to pray with me. I want you to ask God, God, how do you want me to grow in my discipleship? And who do you want me to be investing in right now? God, how do you want me to grow in my discipleship? And who do you want me to be investing in right now, today in my life? One day I think all of us can be part of someone's story just like the friends that we heard about tonight. So you guys pray with me.
Jesus, you're so good. Lord, we love you so much, and God, we just give you all the glory. God, we give you all the glory for what you have done in each and every one of our lives. Jesus, we are so thankful for who you are. God, we're so thankful that you want to change us. We're so thankful that you want to use us and that you you choose to partner with us, God. Thank you so much for that privilege. And Lord, I just pray that you would be speaking to every person here tonight, God. I pray that you would be giving us vision for the world, Jesus. I pray that you would be giving us vision for our friends and for our coworkers, God. And Lord, I pray that we would go out from this room as a force for you, Jesus. God, I pray that the world would be changed through people in this room. Jesus, we love you so much. Amen.